0: Hi, I'm Nikki, the producer of EcoLution. I hope you're enjoying the podcast. This episode deals with issues of anxiety and worry about climate change. There's nothing too troubling in it, but if you are worried about these things, I'd suggest you listen to it with a parent or some friends. That way, you can discuss anything troubling afterwards together. Now, listen on.
1: EcoLution.
2: I'm not a born worrier. I'm someone who sees a problem and tries to work out how to solve it. And I think lots of you are the same as me. But what happens when the problem is so big that it affects every one of us? That's where we are with climate change. It's like the floodgates have opened and every environmental problem ever splashed out at the same time. And the waters are so muddy that we don't know up from down. It's really troubling and along with lots of other things in the modern world, it can make us very anxious. Anxiety affects everyone. We've all felt nervous, worried and tense at times. Even those people in your class, who seem to have everything sorted, will feel it sometimes. But we're slow to show this part of ourselves to others. The more we learn about climate change, the more anxious we become. Believe me, eco-anxiety is a real thing, and it's important to hear that others have it too. So today we wanted to ask, what should you do about it? Catherine McCabe is someone who hears that question very often. Hi, I'm Catherine McCabe.
3: I'm a social ecologist, I generally work as a facilitator, so I design programmes for groups to help them come together and help them to design a new vision for the future and a strategy and to help them have better relationships. Catherine is a social ecologist... So what's that? So it's a discipline that instead of everything being like separate, so instead of like maths being separate to science or environment being separate to you, actually social ecology is a way of understanding the world that links up all those separate areas. So we're really interested in how social, so people, connect with ecology, place and the environment and what the relationship between those two things are. And then we're really interested in how each person is different. And then we're really interested in this thing called uncertainty or unknowing. And then the practice depends on you and how you apply that. And so how I apply social ecology is in group work as a facilitator.
2: So how do we young people start talking about eco-anxiety? We probably need a new approach. So we thought, why not go to a school that's taking a different approach to
4: everything?
1: Yeah.
0: and my name's Ed and I'm 16.
4: My name's Maya and I'm 18.
0: Today we're at Wicklow Sudbury School in Rathnew.
4: We're run democratically so everyone has a vote, everyone is equal and uh, it is self-directed learning so there, we don't follow um, the curriculum and we get to choose what we want to learn.
0: Day to day the school looks very different from mainstream school and there's a lot of different things going on so really what you'd see is just students and and staff members coexisting in a, a school but also community space and just kind of pursuing their own interests and staff hosting classes that they offer if the interest is there from students and really just like an exploration of you know where where their passions lie and stuff so what whatever they're interested in really
1: Hi I'm Fion I'm 11 I oh, know it's not really a normal day here for the past few days I've been on my bike but then when I'm bored, I always find something new to do. I think like, everybody kind of gets on. My name is Laura. Normally I draw sometimes, and when there's drama, I would go to that. And I also like go to art. I do digital and animation. My favourite cartoon would be Steven Universe, because it also explains relationships really well in the form of fusions.
5: Um, my name is Kira Brehany, and I am one of the founders of the Clouse Sudbury School. Um, I have four children. The two youngest are in the school I think it's really important to have more choice in today's world in terms of educating our children because uh, the world is changing so fast the, the job market is changing so fast and we're seeing in, in schools we're seeing more and more focus on exams and outcomes in a, a time when we want the latest upgrade of everything, the latest version or model of everything the school system is in need of the same thing to happen there basically.
4: At the start of each term we have what we call School Evolution Week. When we had it uh, last time it was reflecting on the past uh, kind of schedule we had created together um, looking at all the different subjects and what interests everyone has and what they want to do and the activities. That maybe they want to host as well. So it's a week dedicated to looking at how did that work last time and how we're going to do it differently and what the interest is this time. And we put little tokens into each subject and see which ones have the most interest in and the staff then help put that together uh, into a schedule. So how does it work?
6: I'm Mark. I'm a staff member at Wicklow Sudbury. We actually have a structure in the school. Um, It's based off of what we call a natural flow and we say that every day people want to wake up, like with the sunrise or something like that. We sunrise, we want to be inspired. Then we want to motivate ourselves. Then we want to focus on something and take a break. And then we want to gather and share what we do, reflect on it, see how that integrates, and that can happen over a long time. And then we also want to kind of go outside the box and push our edges and try things that are new, try things we haven't tried before, maybe new subjects or new experiences. And we kind of have integrated that into the school over the last year as a flow to the day. I'm an outdoor educator. I'm also into music, so I offer courses on outdoor education and music. Some staff are accountants here. They offer courses on business. Some staff are artists. They offer courses on art, etc. etc. And the students actually vote on what they want to do. But we structure the day so that in the earlier part of the day we're offering activities that will inspire the students. In the middle part of the day we're offering activities that will help them focus and increase this natural cycle that it takes time to adjust to based on the kind of nine-to-five work week and the nine-to-five school kind of model. But once it happens, kids over time find their own flow. We'll hold you, but then we're going to let you go, and then you can always come back if you need some help.
1: My name's Lily. This school entertains you. The other school would just let you sit down and do work, 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 work. And every time I'm in that school, when I ask the teachers for help, they don't listen to my side, they only listen to the side, the other person's side. They never listen to me. I was there for six years in my old school, and I still didn't learn how to um, read, and now I'm here, and it took me two weeks. I like to read, I guess, like fairy books. Still working on a little book. So, yesterday, this took me about maybe 10 minutes to draw, but. So on climate change if we don't act then it's going to be raining everything's going to be gray and sad and boring. But if we do act there's going to be rainbows, butterflies, flowers and yeah, <laughs> loads of stuff. Um if we just stop putting rubbish on the ground, start acting. Right now it's making me feel frustrated because nobody's acting at all. They're just they're still littering. I'm kind of worrying because I don't want it to be the raining sad one. I want it to be the happy one. And so far, it's like we're trying to get to the bad one.
5: I do think um, the epidemic of anxiety and um, mental health issues that young people, especially teenagers, but younger and younger over time, are experiencing... The world we're living in, they have all the information they want in the palm of their hand. And they all have phones or devices of some sort. For some children, it is terrifying. It's, it's bringing up all the dark fears and hopelessness, which I think is more dangerous than anything, that sense of hopelessness.
2: Catherine and five Sudbury students met in a room to start exploring and sharing. Roll call. I'm Maya.
0: I'm Ed.
7: I'm Evie. Kashmir. Kashmira. I'm Lydia.
3: So I suppose the the workshop today focused on three main areas. So uh, connection to self, connection to others and connection to place. So the first one is going to be open sentences. So that's where you'll be in pairs. And then um, I'll give you the start of each sentence. One person is listening while the other person is talking. And then at the end of each sentence, I'll give you a little, okay, time's up, switch over. The person who was listening is now the person who's speaking. When someone else is speaking, really be present with what they're saying uh, without interrupting, without agreeing, like, oh yeah, I know exactly how you feel. Like, Even if that's true, just really um, let them have the space to speak. Because it's so rare, actually, that in conversation we get to just say how we are without expecting to be interrupted or, or to know that actually you've got this time um, so the the activity that you're talking about was the connection to others but as well as because they're not separate so that's part of the social ecology model like you know we were connecting to others but we we're also connecting to ourselves so in listening in that like listening partnerships and open sentences it gives people a chance to speak how they're feeling and speak what they're thinking without being interrupted and without anyone trying to fix it Because I suppose underneath that is a a trust that people know how to get themselves out of a situation. I think the first question is to tell each other something that you feel love and excitement and passion about when you think about the world.
7: I have like two parks right beside me and because there's some kids that
4: are just in an apartment and they don't get to go outside. Like a lot of connections of different people, of just sending each other pictures of frogs sometimes, <laughs> like it's just like this work, um, I feel the support that validated that
3: it was okay to care.
7: Think about whether or not it's a safe environment to bring
4: anyone else in. <laughs> but yeah, I feel passionate about <laughs> hockey, holiday. I feel passionate about the ocean. Um, Travelling. Like That just makes me so happy
3: <laughs> to think about something I feel really angry about when I think about
4: the state of the world it's all connected um, equality and class as well
3: squandered opportunity for change I
0: don't often allow myself to feel that kind of just like anger or, or rage that I, I often see in like the climate activism stuff. you can't buy into this club and you can't be environmental
7: we don't have a voice as kids they need it's either a smash bottle or World.
3: Why am
0: I one of those people? Why don't I feel I have the confidence to be a, a leader?
3: They know what they need. They know how they're feeling. If they're just given the space and not like rescued or given advice too too soon, um, and that will help them to listen to themselves more and know what's going on for them. And it's also the practice of holding space, like holding that like special conversation with somebody else, where it's like, hey, I'm, I'm listening to you. And I hear you and what you're saying is important. And I think those things help people navigate their own life path and so they get a better sense of who they are. Something I feel really sad about. This question is where I'm going to practice the half in, half out because I can feel the potential to connect with those feelings.
4: There's a lot of places that I will never get to see or people Mm. will never get to see. The air is going to be so dirty, we're going to have to wear those masks.
7: My
0: real want or desire to have kids in the future. If we
7: can't give it water and food, it's just going to not live. And we're already doing that to animals. Just moving further and further towards like um, an age of, kind of apathy. So how I would
3: see vulnerability is uh, to remind myself that it's okay to be me. It's okay to show other people all the things that make me Even the things that people say, you know, you shouldn't feel sad or you shouldn't feel angry or, you know, you shouldn't be upset about such a silly thing as a cut-down tree. That's part of becoming yourself, is to realise that those things are part of who you are. And sometimes it's not safe to show other people those things. But sometimes it's just uncomfortable, but it is safe. And so I think learning the difference between not safe and not comfortable has been really important to me. Because it is uncomfortable Like to be honest with somebody about how you see things or how you feel about things, that can be uncomfortable. And we need to learn how to be in our everyday lives while we hold all of that, because that is what we're doing, right? We're holding all of that anger and sadness and uncertainty and all the love and passion and hopes and all the things that we want to be and do and see those things are are all true. You know, when we're in school and when we grow up in the world, we're taught that everything is knowable and that you should find out about that and there's going Mm. to be an answer. And when the older you get, the more you realise that that's just not the way the world works, that there's so much uncertainty. And, you know, even being an adult, you're making it up as you go along. You know, you're just feeling your way forward and letting the future meet you where you are. It's okay not to know. And it's actually really valuable because when we you know, really accept the truth of not knowing. I just don't know. Then we can allow for creativity and surprises to happen and we don't have to be so rigid in our predictions about who we should be or how we should be or what the world should be. And it actually lets things happen and lets us learn how to let things happen. And that's what I like about it.
1: Evolution!
3: I think we might go outside into the sunshine and do an activity there
7: for me I was like oh. this area we have to
3: remember i think that it's okay to be joyous and it's okay to enjoy and it's really important to actually find beauty where you can and to find laughter where you can and to find those connections wherever they are so yeah you know it's okay to be full of everything including the suffering and the pain and the anxiety and the joy and the pleasure and the laughter so in pairs one person um, is going to be eyes closed, okay. and then you're going to switch. The other person's going to be eyes closed, and so the person whose eyes are open are taking the person whose eyes are closed to show them different moments that they find beautiful.
7: You need to duck down very low. No, no, come close, closer. Mm-hmm. You need to come close. Mm-hmm. About there. Duck down very low. Look in there. Oh, there's these
1: thingies. Yeah,
4: nice. But this way, they're like little furry mice. Mm-hmm. Make sure, sure it's open. In front of you are um, these pale cherry blossoms that definitely shouldn't have uh, <laughs> been blooming at this time of year. Well, Jesus, do you mind lying on the grass?
0: I enjoy seeing things like this because it's like if we just left it alone for a while, the plants would just take over in a good way, you know, and they can somehow find the right space and the right, right conditions, even on a vertical wall.
4: Okay, now open your eyes and look up. It's clouds <laughs> and but sun. But there's a blue patch there. Oh yeah,
7: it looks like a even horse. Even the most
0: awkward situations, we can still you know, find a way around it.
7: The fact that nature and human life can coexist and that they both have a right to be there I think thank you yeah, you're welcome Okay. I really liked kind of thinking of places that I was going to show you I think um, even just the little kind of emotional connections that I have with places and random little buds on trees I think that's really lovely to uh, <coughs> give some energy and some time and thoughts to so I really like that activity I think it would be nice to kind of keep it alive in some way in school
3: I, I particularly love it because it, it's a way to connect with another person and see how they see things and how they find beauty and it also reminds me that like the everyday ordinary can be so extraordinary like just those like little moments where you're like seeing a, you know a life coming out of a rock that's amazing
2: why are sessions
3: like this one necessary The story that we live in tells us that we're separate from the world and that we have to, you know, make more stuff and buy more stuff um, in order to have value. And I think until we recognise that that story is creating the way that we relate to each other and the way we relate to ourselves and the way we relate to the environment, then it doesn't change. We just keep thinking, well, I'll be happy when... I'll be happy when I earn more money or when I finish school or when, you know, I meet the person that I'm going to fall in love with or whatever it is that we think is going to bring us fulfillment and happiness. And I think that that's something that has to change because it's driving this mass capitalist system that's actually pushing the planet to the brink of capacity to support its own health. Maybe we need a complete reframe of All the way that we do things to really bring that unknown, bring that creativity, bring that uncertainty and allow that to inform what is it that we really need. Uh, We've come back inside. Um, I would love to invite you to, again, follow your intuition and just move to somewhere in the room that represents your life right now. So just notice where you are in the room. Notice the things around you. See if there's any hints as to why it drew you to that place and now if you're willing i would love you to just close your eyes take a breath think of a place that you love see if your nose can remind you of the smells of that place and if you were to reach out and touch what would it feel like under your fingers to touch your place and if you could taste it, what would it taste like? And the sounds, what are the sounds of your place? What do you notice around this place? This place that you love? And if your mind can go there today, think of something that annoys you in the world, or something that upsets you, something that you're bothered by. And notice if you can see that thing represented in the landscape in some way. Both of them together, the place you love and the thing that you are bothered by. So for one moment now, imagine you're a bird flying above your place. You're a bird that's filled with all the love and passion and care, all the excitement and curiosity. And as you're floating up there, looking down at your place, the energy of that thing that annoys you is up there with you. But somehow you manage to dance with it. Somehow you manage to be there with the thing that's annoying you, floating above your place, dancing on the wing, flying through the sky, and the energy of that annoying thing is right there. But it's okay, you've found some way to work with it. You've found some way to be with the thing that annoys you. And taking a deep breath, noticing your feet on the floor, noticing your body on the chair, or on your place, giving your toes a wiggle, your fingers a wiggle, shoulders lifted, opening your eyes and coming back into the room.
7: It really kind of... Opened my eyes a little bit and just really nice to go outside and just connect with the nature and then, like, just sit and think of my childhood. It's like a second home to me. It was just really nice to just think of those, like, moments and times when I was, like, really happy. It's really useful to kind of think about these things in a really deliberate way and uh, with that kind of structure to make sure that it has that kind of note of positivity rather than just kind of branching off into sort of desperate thinking and uh, hopeless thinking I think it's nice to yeah just to reflect in that way so thank you
4: being able to connect with people one on one but also connecting with, then, with yourself and with the outdoors uh, it really brings a, a really nice reflective kind of spin on it rather than just being like all oh, this doom and gloom and all this like just get into it uh, but more of a reflective kind of Something within yourself and being able to share that with others as well. Just really appreciate it. Thank you.
0: My mind feels very like full in a good way. But my belly's
5: hungry. (laughs) Me too.
2: I'm totally ready for food. It's impossible to express how grateful we are that Catherine and the group let us go along with them. Thanks so much. Thanks also to Wicklow Sudbury School for letting us see how they work. I know every single kid listening could get on board with this kind of school. I'm a big believer in the importance
3: of context, like how the environment, the place that we're in, the time that we're in, shapes who we are. And I think there's no better place to demonstrate that than where we're sitting today. And you can see that this context of really supporting people to not be in competition, they're not having to perform a version of themselves for somebody else's value.
6: There's a saying that I heard that got me into ecology when I studied it at UC Berkeley was, the world isn't going to be saved by scientists and thinkers, it's going to be saved by the artists. And it really struck me that maybe we need a bit more focus on right brain thinking, maybe we need a bit more focus on like really pushing the edges and thinking outside the box. And it's been said a lot that some of the technologies that might help us in the future haven't even been invented yet. And they haven't been invented yet possibly because people haven't been able to think that far, to have the space and the freedom to just push their creativity and to play. And what we do here as a school is we play with ideas. We play with the idea of climate change and say, what can we do ourselves to fix it? And maybe those ideas that are going to help us 50 years in the future are going to be thought of by people that were thinking completely outside the box. We're in a school that was completely outside the box and brought in ideas and ways of being that nobody thought of. You know, we're not trying to take over the world with this model. We're just hoping to kind of shake the tree a bit. I think it offers a space, really, for something new to come.
2: Now, if we can just convince our parents...
1: My name's Luca. (laughs) I don't get homework.
2: No homework? Count me in! In making e-collusion, we've met so many kids and many of them are experiencing similar worries. The first thing I would do
3: is to remind yourself that what you're feeling is totally okay, that you're entitled to feel sad and worried about the world. The second thing I'd remind you of is that it's not your responsibility. You're eight years of age. It is not your responsibility to fix the world. It's not your responsibility to save the world. That you need to be you and have a beautiful life and not deny how you're feeling. So it's okay to be sad and it's okay to know it's not your responsibility. And if you want to do something, you can allow yourself to feel sad. Have a cry if you want to. Ideally, have a cry with somebody who's able to listen to your feelings. Like if it's a friend, you can say something like, I'm feeling really sad today. Is there any chance you would sit with me while I feel those feelings? Or if you have a parent or a carer, ask them to sit and listen to you and ask them not to interrupt. Ask them not to fix it. Ask them not to give you advice. Just say, I really want to just be sad about the state of the world right now. Another thing you could do if you don't want to feel sad anymore, like if you want to take a break from those feelings of worry and sadness, is go outside And remember what you love about the world. Take a breath in, you know, stand in the rain, put your wellies on and go for a walk in the woods. Like really just connect with where you are and what you love about it and the adventures of place. Because that's really important that you actually allow yourself to be a kid and be in love with the world. And then thirdly, I would say as much as possible, find other people that are also feeling similar to you so join like an eco club or you know the the student climate action network or extinction rebellion or any of those groups that are really there to say we need each other and change happens best when we come together so if you want to get active do what you can in your own personal life to reduce your ecological footprint and your impact and Get together with people so that it's fun and so that you can bring your creativity through it and so
2: that you can get support and give support. Catherine runs eco Worriers workshops on a regular basis. These are workshops for parents and kids coming to grips with eco-anxiety. Watch out for them. But if you are ever worried, the number one thing to do is to know that it's okay and that you should talk about it. Find people who feel the same way. Sharing our problems lets more people help find a solution. And more importantly, knowing others feel the same way makes everybody feel a lot better. Ecolution!
0: Ecolution was produced by Nikki Coughlin for RTE Junior Radio.